welcome Roll Around the Barrel Vintage Baseball Podcast. We took it down the road. We are on the road. We are in Akron, Ohio for the Akron Cup. Uh, I don't know how many years this has been going on. Many years of the Akron Cup. Uh, as we are waiting for the first game of the day to take place on field number one, the main field. It is your host club, the fine gentleman of the Akron Blackstockings, taking on the gentleman from the Columbus Capitals organization. Uh, this one this one is uh, being done for the Battle of Ohio Championship. So much like in Michigan, where they have the, the State Cup, where you can challenge... Let's just take out that theme song. You know what it is. No. Oh, okay. Uh, Much like in Michigan where they challenge for the State Cup, they have the Battle for Ohio Championship plaque that they do the same uh, in Ohio for. So this is actually a first-round Akron Cup tournament match and also a Battle for Ohio Championship plaque match. Double stakes, double prizes, everybody. As uh, the first, the first batter of the day is coming up, and it's going to be Dom of the Akron Blackstockings. Th- this could be the worst place. Ah, uh, it's a long fly ball on the first pitch into right center field. It's going to burn both the fielders. Runner is sizing up second. Is talking about third. Outfielder has not even touched the ball yet. This is going to be a first pitch, first batter of the game. Home run right there by Dom. And it's all downhill from here. Dom might as well just go home. He's not going to do anything better than that the rest of the day. As what a way to start off your own weekend event on the first pitch of the game. It's amazing. That's going to bring up Eric for the Akron Blackstockings. Uh, right next to us on the field is a match going on between the Alliance Crossing Rails and the Canton Corn Shuckers. Uh, and you're going to see, you're going to hear that bell every time there's a pitch thrown because in vintage baseball, 1864 rules today, uh, there's no balls and strikes. As he swings at the second pitch, it's a little bit of a English ball behind the catcher, uh, Chasen. The catcher for the Capitals is going to come over and retrieve it on one hop in foul territory, and that records an out, as it would in 1864. First on the game, that's going to bring up Keith, who later will be participating in the Mightiest Striker. And uh, so as I was saying... You're going to hear that bell every time a pitch is thrown because balls and strikes don't matter. And I want you to have an idea of how many pitches are being thrown and that they're being thrown. There's a swing and a miss, a bounce off the catcher, so no out recorded. And there's a hit. Pass the third baseman. Oh, shortstop backed him up. 
long throw over to first. It was going to be hard to get him anyway, but it was actually a close play over at first base. Uh, short hop the first baseman, but he was going to be in anyway. Keith for Akron takes his first. It brings up Don Jarvis, the beard. And he, a first pitch swing, pop up to the catcher. Catcher's going to surround, miss it. He, he went for it in the air. Uh, and, and misplayed, so Don is going to have another uh, opportunity at this. Rudy Frias, co-host of the Roller on the Barrel Show, is on the the stripe for the Capitals in this match. On the far field right now, we have the Addison Mountain Stars taking on the Walker Tavern Wheels. So cream of the crop here in Akron. There's another pop-up straight up to the catcher right next to the home plate. He is going to collect that one, and that's going to be the second out recorded by the Akron guys. And uh, here comes former captain, current player, Scott Hamblin. He'll make a he'll make the hell out of some furniture for you if you ever need some furniture. There's a, an attempted steal of second on a slight muff of the catcher, and Keith is going to get down and make his second. That was the bell for the pitch that was thrown. I got It's a new thing I'm doing. Oh, they're making him go back. Uh... He cheated somehow. Somehow, some way, there was cheating going on. Scott is going to hit it into right field. That is going to fall in, but the right fielder will collect it on a hop, recording the third out of the inning. So Akron, very first pitch of the inning, home run, a crushed ball, and then nothing for the rest. So after a half of an inning, that's Akron 1, Columbus, nothing. As we are waiting uh, Columbus to come up. I'm going to pause for a second. Rudy! As I talk to Rudy about something. Yeah. Uh, and Rudy Frias is going to be the first uh, batter up for the Capitals. Drink of choice this weekend. Orange slice moonshine. It turned on okay, but when you added cranberry juice to it, it's a delightful treat. <laughs> All right, here we go. Rudy Frias in his usual, I don't know. Now, always worried about the fair fouls, Rudy Frias, but there's no family down the third base line. He's probably going to swing away. There's no family down the third base line. Probably going to swing away. <laughs> fair fouled. It goes, the ball goes into the, the second field. He rounds first. He does a high step. He's going to get thrown out by a country mile. Like 17 steps he was thrown out by. It was the worst base running decision ever made. And he's still at second. Did he not get tagged? I don't know what happened there. I feel like he was out. Did I miss something? What did I miss? As Mr. Wyckoff, Michael Wyckoff, comes to the plate for the Columbus Capitals. That was the second pitch that went by. I told you. There's a ball hit into right field. The right fielder is going to wait for it. 
and it's going to bounce into the tree. He was waiting for a bounce, and it didn't happen uh, because it hit a tree branch instead. Foiled again as Rudy Frias plates the run. Uh, taking that score to one-to-one -one with Mr. Wyckoff on first base. Uh, I, can't, I don't know. The right fielder didn't have much of a choice on that. Okay? So he he was in no man's land waiting for that bounce, and it, it was just, it's a low tree. So two pitches. I'll get, I'll get it. I'll get the timing right. There's the third pitch hit into center field on the fly. Left fielder's going to come over, catch that, get it into second base. It's going to be the first down of the inning as Mr. Wyckoff retreats to first base. Rifle dropper. It's going to bring up the cleanup hitter for the Columbus Capitals, Ian Frias. Ian Frias, also a participant in the Mightiest Striker later. We will be doing audio and some video. We're only doing video of the championship of the Mightiest Striker, but I do believe we're doing video of the entire Gingerly Gentleman. Uh, that'll get released sometime this year. Who knows when? Uh, orange slices. There's a pop-up by Ian Frias into the next field, but on a bounce, there was a possibility in the, the third baseman, Scott Hamblin, on his horse. You know, a few years ago, he never would have had a chance of that, but the man is looking thin. He almost came up with that on a bounce, as you do with foul balls in 1864, or in fair territory for, for that matter, as Ian Frias waits. And now the fields are very close to each other uh, here in Akron. So it wouldn't take, doesn't take much of uh, a foul ball at all to get over into the other field. Ian Frias hits a line drive into right field. That's going to stay low. That's going to be a hit. Mr. Wyckoff stays at second. One of the things you have to adjust when you're playing 1864 baseball rules is line drives and less than are good. You get it in the air, unless you're beating outfielders, you're in big trouble. So power hitters often have a hard time adapting to the bound rule, as it is called in 1864. There's a line drive by chasing into left field. That's going to be a base hit. Nice line drive. That's going to load the bases. Uh, for, for Jason's dad, Brad Grayley. Uh, coming up with a fresh haircut. Ah, don't you? Fresh haircuts look good, right? They feel good too. Let me ask you this: Does it look better or feel better to have a fresh haircut? Foul straight back by Mr. Grayley. It's going to go back into the Canton Alliance match. Uh, I do not believe the catcher had uh, really could overcome all the obstacles to retrieve that ball. So back to gameplay here. Base is loaded. One out for Columbus. And there's a pop-up in, in the air to the third baseman. Mr. Hamlin's going to go back. He's going to misplay. He's going to run the ball in. Mr. Wyckoff is going to be out. Okay, it appears that some people didn't know the rules. So... Mr. Wyckoff stayed his third. He is safe 
Uh, Ian Freya stayed a second. He is safe. Chasing at first, took off for second. He could have been out. Uh, uh, they're calling that. Okay, so he, okay, so here's the official call. It's a foul ball. And with the misplay by the third baseman, uh, it's just a foul ball. So we're back to it. And there's been two pitches since then. You're welcome for me clearing that up. And there's a pop-up to the second baseman. Second baseman camps, collects, records the out. And that's going to be a second out of the inning uh, with Bob Daly up for the Columbus Capitals. Big missed opportunity here for the Capitals with bases loaded. Uh, if they do not come away uh, with more than just one run this inning, they're going to kick themselves later. Orange slice, cranberry moonshine. It brings a tear to my eye. The watermelon jalapeno, Rudy. By the way, that's the live mic. Oh, there's a line drive into left field. Left fielder's going to back up as to partake in taking of a bounce. And uh, that's going to bring this inning to a close for the Columbus Capitals. Way to blow that, Rudy. I'd like to hear you, but I don't. How about, is there a button on there? On the microphone? How about now? Test, test, test. Oh, that's so much better. Something you want to say before you go out? It's, it's a lovely day for baseball. Mm, thanks. Thanks. Rudy Frias with a, a, a run in. So, like I said, Akron Cup weekend. We've been looking forward to this all weekend. Uh, Rudy Frias will be joining me on uh, color for the second game. I don't remember what it is, but I'll see when they show up to the game. Uh, and for Akron right now, that's going to bring up Rob for the Akron Blackstockings, fabulous host of this fine event. You know where I'm sitting. Let me tell you about where I'm sitting right now. There's clouds. But they're, they're white clouds. There's a slight breeze. There, I see in my purview three baseball matches happening at the same time. And I'm talking to you about 1864 baseball. Who's got it better than me right now? I got orange slice, cranberry moonshine. There's a pop-up to the first baseman. Uh, Ian Frias is, has to move two steps to his right, collects the ball with his bare hands, like a man, does not wait for the bounce. First out of the inning right there for Rob. You'll notice some people like to argue this fact, but you cannot argue. Bound matches, a lot shorter than fly matches. There, I said it. There's a swing and a miss. That sound effect is not to accentuate the fact that he missed the pitch, but just to tell you, a pitch happened. There's one hit over my tent. You son of a gun. And that's a foul ball out of off the top of the tent. We can withstand four foul balls, I'm told, when I bought this tent. That was one. <laughs> well, you know, then the force field breaks free and 
And there's a pound into the ground of the third baseman. Mr. Wyckoff's up with the throw over. It looks like it's going to be in time. It's a little high, though, and so the runner stays his first. Stays his first. That was DB by the Akron Blackstockings. That's going to bring up uh, Billy. Billy, one of the or uh, Billy, one of the guys. If you God, what was the name of that damn book? Uh, he he's on the cover of the book. Uh, we just had the guest on the on the on the show. I don't know if you know this, but we do a roller around the barrel vintage baseball podcast, and we talk. Our our show is really based on interviews we do. And uh, we did an interview with an author of a book. I could look it up, but I'm afraid to touch my phone because we got video going. But Billy's on the cover of the book. It's Jack Pelican. I can tell you that. I, I think that's right. And there's a high fly ball in the right field. This is going to be plenty of time for the right fielder to collect on a bounce. Now the runner can continue to run, and he's going to make his third. Because although in 1864, when you collect the ball on a bounce, it doesn't necessarily count as a fly ball out because the runners are able to do whatever they want to do as long as the ball hits the ground. So once DB saw that ball was going to hit the ground, he just took off running, which he can do. That's going to bring up Chase, one of the one of the many captains of the Akron Blackstockings, one of the the main organizers of this event. He's under a lot of stress, and let's see if he can release some of that stress into the. Ground into the shortstop. That's a throw over to first base. It's going to be held over at first. Runner's going to be out. Akron is going to plate zero that inning. Keeping the score as it mostly would be in an 1864 bound match. A little one to nothing when you when you got two quality teams and highly skilled teams playing against each other. You're going to see a lot of uh, low Low scores as we see Joe Twilliger over on field two run nowhere near first base and have to stop and circle back and go back to first base. What what the hell was that, Joe? Uh, oh, joining us joining us is uh, Rudy Frias, co-host of the show. Hi, Rudy. Hi. How are you? I'm glad that you are right next to me right now. Sames. This is a uh, this is such a beautiful day and. I'm going to tell you what, there's some good baseball happening. you got a great spot to watch all of this. I was just talking about that. Who's got it better than me right now? There's a little bit of a breeze. The sky is, it is not super hot right now. we got a little, that breeze is helping a little bit, but uh, the sun is not beating down on me. And I can see three baseball matches at the same time. That No one's got it better no, than me. No, i got orange slice. Cranberry moonshine. And it is delicious. Folks, let me tell you, if you're going (laughs) to indulge in the orange berry, the cranberry orange slice moonshine, have something in your stomach first. (laughs) Otherwise, it hits you immediately and you get a little loopy out there. Well, there's a grounder to shortstop uh, that's going to be caught on one hop. It It wasn't a grounder. See what happens when it's not a grounder? It's a line drive one hopper to the shortstop in your own. That's correct. That's correct. And the frustrating part about an 1864 game is you can you can hit it on the nose just like that just happened by Kobe Doughty, and uh, nothing. You have nothing to show for it. Looks like Copper can't keep the ball on his field, so he's going to have to 
use the other field. Copper does have a hard time with his balls. Yeah, that's that's been his mo for many years. We got a, a new player to the plate playing his second vintage baseball event of the year. His name is Jacob. Oh, and his nickname is Paco. You want to explain that? Sounds racist. <laughs> <laughs> well, when we first introduced ourselves to Jacob, we thought he said Taco. And Stop. <laughs> this conversation has to stop. <laughs> this doesn't need to go any farther. There's our sound effect, Rudy, for when a pitch is thrown. I'm staying on top of it. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Not really. <laughs> and there's a one hopper to the, the third baseman on a line. Scott's going to mishandle, but he is going to throw over to first base and record the out on the runner. Did you look at that hit from uh, Walker Tavern Wheel? Hit it all the way out to left field on our field here. That was quite the hit. And he got a stand-up triple. I hope that gentleman's in the mightiest striker later. It would be a shame if he wasn't. we got an interesting situation happening here. Two outs, uh, bottom of the order. Uh, gentleman Joe Jimson at the plate, and uh, leadoff is uh, me. So I'm on deck. Well, there's two outs. Let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I have all the opportunities to make the third out is what you're saying. No. I'm saying there's lots of opportunities right now for a third out, and there's a high fly ball in the center field. <laughs> <laughs> Timing is down as usual. One hop to the center field. High bounces off this ground today. Field's in perfect condition right now, and that's going to record the last out for the Columbus Capitals. One, two, three inning for the Columbus Capitals. Score after two innings. One to one. As the gentleman uh, trade places, Akron, if you don't play the Akron Black Stockings, let me tell you why Rudy and I have packed up our, well, Rudy comes to this event as a vintage baseball manager and brings his club to this every year. Because in Ohio, you're not going to find a finer event. Just about. I mean, it's definitely on the Mount Rushmore of a vintage baseball events in Akron as uh, Justin's going to come to the plate in the top of the third for Akron. Once again, that bell represents the pitch was thrown. Uh, a swing and a miss. And the ball gets past the catcher. Uh, but the reason why this podcast got packed up and brought all the way to Akron, Michigan, four hours and eight minutes is because of the fine gentleman of the Akron Blackstockings. Uh, they get it. We are always talk about it on the podcast, and there's a foul tip back to the catcher. That's going to be the first down of the inning. Dave is now going to come up for the Akron Blackstockings. Look, if you're looking to get a team on your schedule, what are, their things, what are the things you're looking for? You're looking for commitment. Akron has a high commitment from their club. They have... I don't know, like 14 people here today expected 15 or 16 tomorrow. And uh, you're looking for a fabulous venue to be able to switch with them. Swing and a miss. Uh, because generally when you're scheduling vintage baseball matches, you're looking to swap home and home, right? So so you got your home match, which which helps your club, and everybody should strive to have a fine home field. But then you get to go on the road to this place as it hits the plate and bounces over to me. Uh, Stan Hewitt Hall and Gardens is a destination. It's a fantastic place. They have two weddings booked here today. There's going to be hundreds of people at this place today. 
And uh, they don't always do uh, events like this where there's nine clubs and there's a grounder to the shortstop. Shortstop has time, throws over to first, records the out. That's going to be the second out of the inning. And that's going to bring up the, the last batter in Akron's uh, lineup today, which looks like it's 12 strong. It's going to be the only wrong-hander in the lineup for the Black Stockings, Jacob. And Jacob has a hell of a modern-day bat swing going on. Uh, yeah, that shit needs to stop right now. Uh, but he, he's uh, taking a couple of pitches, but he's uh, a very modern batting stance with very modern sensibilities about it as he waves his bat around. It's uh, unacceptable. Anyway, grounder to first base. Ian's going to knock it down, race him to the base, and win. Although, I'll tell you, you can tell Jacob's speed. You don't need any other. He's out. But he just hit it on a line, couple of bounces to Ian Frias. And Ian got him by a step. We just saw some speed. I want to see it later. I want to see where he goes out in the field. He's going to right field. Jeez, there's no way that should have been that close of a play. Ian did not screw up that play. He did not fumble. There was no mishandle. It was two steps off of first base. He took it off of two hard bounces and ran over to first base and got him by a step. That's insane. I don't believe it. Anyway, Columbus coming here in the third inning as Rudy Frias is going to lead off uh, the inning. He went fair foul on the last one, so I think he's brought the left fielder in. I don't know how he – we don't talk about – when he chooses to do this, I don't know. Maybe we can go back. There's a fair foul. It's way foul. Not even close. Terrible attempt. Uh, left fielder's in. And uh, <laughs> so what he's looking for when he's deciding how he's going to. There's another fair foul. Way off. Way foul. Way foul. Not even close. It's the worst one. Uh and there's a grounder to the third baseman. Scott Hamlin's going to knock it down. He's going to get up and throw. I don't know. Oh, I think they got him. I think they got him. And they did. It took. Let me tell you what. He's out. Okay. He's out. You're going to see this on video. I could be proven wrong. I, for my, I'm going to say he was out by half a step, maybe a quarter of a step. Scott Hamlin did something that they don't normally do. Mr. Wycuff's up for Columbus. Something you don't see in vintage, I make fun of it all the time, is uh, he mishandled. The ball got hit to him hard. There's a foul ball over the over our tent. Uh, Scott Hamblin mishandles the ball, but it does not it does not travel that far away from him. He calmly listen. Listen, he calmly collects himself, picks up the ball, and easily throws it over first base. He does not get carried away and irrational with his throw and throws a perfect toss over to first base. And the first baseman was able to one-hand this throw. And because he was able to one-hand it, as the pitches keep coming. There's a fly ball in the right field. This one might go into foul territory and off the bounce. 
He did. Uh, I cannot tell if it was foul or not, but I can tell you he got it on a bounce, and that was an out recorded. Two outs for Columbus Capitals. To finish up, to put a look at, I'm going to put a bow tie on this this whole Scott, Scott Hamblin discussion. First baseman uh, collects it with one hand, and Rudy was out. And that is what you have to do when you mishandle a play in vintage. You do not come up firing guns a-blazing because you just mishandled. And, and Rudy's uh, an above-average runner, speed-wise. You cannot lose your wits about you. You can't do it. You can't make a throw that's going to be impossible for the first baseman to be able to do something with. There's a fly ball into center field. It's going to be collected on a, a big Sunday hop that uh, might have scared the center fielder a little bit as it maybe went a little higher than he was expecting. That's going to be the third out of the inning. And that's back-to-back one, two, three innings uh, put on the board by these uh, teams. One-to-one going into the fourth inning. But anyway, Sky Hamlin did it right. And so often you see it wrong. And uh, I hope everybody who sees this video when Rudy releases it just before Thanksgiving sees that play and realizes that's really the smarter play. I'm sure Rudy's going to come back here and say he was safe, but he will be wrong on that. And that comes up to the top of the order for Dom. Dom is the one who on the very first pitch of the game Hit it deep into the right center field gap, and he just kept a running. And he didn't stop until he found himself at home plate. And there's a pop-up to the first baseman as he does not meet expectations that he himself set the bar for in his last at-bat. The thrill of victory and the agony of defeat, Dom is down, one out. That's going to bring up Eric for the Akron Blackstockings, uh, as you see. Like I said, skilled clubs, lots of experience, 1864 baseball. It's going to be hard to put runs across. And there's a foul ball into the right field of the opposing field. And the ball's going to come back in. I got to remember to hit this, this bell. Listen, it's going to take me a couple of games to get used to this bell. I really want you guys to know when pitchers are coming in. Uh, as there's no limit, and uh, generally in Michigan and Ohio, we don't we don't do anything to make pitchers throw strikes or batters swing at strikes. So I see a gentleman for Alliance crossing, uh, running around first base, taking the littlest steps I've ever seen a man take. So I look forward to running across them later on. There's a fly ball in center field that looks very catchable on a bounce. He's going to mishandle. He's going to, uh, the gentleman for Akron, Eric, is going to make his second. I did not see what happened out in center field. But uh, it sounded like a mishandle because he hit it high enough for there to be lots of time to get in that area. It's going to bring up Keith. Uh, another one of the fine actor gentlemen that have helped me come here and put this together. I appreciate the guys from Akron so much. We, and swing and a miss, we talked so much about so many different things we could do together, and I owe them such a debt of gratitude for them allowing me to come here and do this 
and foul back to the catcher who does not come up with the play. Keith's still alive. Uh, to do the Mightiest Rager and Gingerly Gentlemen so I can keep that competition alive. Uh, next year, I'm hoping to do the Barrel Roller Classic, which is an event that involves 96 vintage baseball players, not clubs, individual players. And uh, also a day full of events, like the Mightiest Striker, like the Gingerly Gentleman. I want to do a 32-person tournament and have it go all day. I, I want to do these things, but I need help from you guys because I don't have a club and I don't have a home field. And... Uh, but seriously looking to do some some great things in 2024. There's a pop-up into right field. Right fielder's going to come in, uh, and second baseman actually is going to collect it. Mr. Daly is going to take it on a bounce and wonder, why is everybody running around him? Uh, he's more than capable of recording the out himself. Second out, and that's going to bring up Donnie, the beard. Don Charvis, another gentleman I've been in contact with since the winter about just making sure that I can add to the event, not take away from it. And so hospitable. And I did an interview with Don Jarvis, and I suggest everybody go back to it in the archives where, you know, in vintage baseball, we talk about that softball attitude that we hate. And when you are a softball player and then you come into this atmosphere and you, and it's a completely different animal. And there's a pop-up into the right field. Center fielder is going to surround it, and Bob Daly collects another one. And that's going to record the third out, and that's a zero again for the Akron Blackstockings with Columbus coming up. Ian Frias, with that leadoff batter body of his, is going to come up. Uh, but what I'm saying is in that interview with Don Jarvis, he talked about having a softball mentality when he first got into the vintage game. And then he uh, slowly adapted uh, and has gotten a lot better at it. And because, because he's a highly competitive individual, it was a bit of a process for him to get to where he is right now. And he would tell you he's still not all the way there, but he's much better. Nice. <laughs> I'll be seeing you later. <laughs> and uh, uh, I see it now. <laughs> yep. Yep. and uh, uh here comes ian frias a uh, leadoff body leadoff hitter body coming up and uh but go back and listen to that interview of don jarvis as he talks about making that adjustment from softball to vintage baseball and and in the process he took mm. you know it's a good i'm i'm really sad i missed the don the don episode the donnie episode uh because uh to speak to what you were just talking about is uh, when we first encountered Mr. Jarvis. Ooh. Line drive to third base yeah, off right of Scott out. Hamlin's chest. Uh, I think Ian assumed he was going to catch it, so we're going to call mental error on Scott, but the throw over to first base is going to record the out. Ian didn't really have a chance even on the mishandle to get over there. Like I said, not exactly the body of a leadoff hitter. So yeah, yeah, it's going to bring up Jason. Yeah, he's going to rip that, but he thought it was caught. Rudy, ever notice how the episodes you miss on the podcast usually turn out to be some of the best ones? No, absolutely. It makes sense. <laughs> Not because of me, no, but because of the guest. You. You no, 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 you. no, no, no. It's 100% the guest. This isn't called the guest roller out the barrel show. This Look, it's a grounder the to the shortstop. Don is going to take it off a couple of bounces, throw over to first. It's going to be a little wide of first base. Jason's going to make his first. That's You know what? In these 
1864 matches mm -hmm. in a game when you got two skilled teams. It's hard to get people on base. It's hard to score runs. That is a big play. In a normal match, it wouldn't seem like that big of a deal. <laughs> Am right. I right? <laughs> we are deadlock at one, and yes, that is a big <laughs> to get on base, base, no matter how it happens. <laughs> as uh, as Brad is up with his son on first base. You know, to, to bring my Don Jarvis story uh, full circle, when we first met him, we did not like him because he was too competitive, and now we consider him like like an extension of the Capital family. He actually played with us in Gettysburg last summer. We love that guy now. And uh, I I only – there's a grounder through the hole into left field, so that's going to be first and second for Columbus coming up. Uh, yeah, I had limited – Exposure to Don Jarvis, but I did I did not play against him, but I did see a high level, a softball competitiveness. That's what I would call it. Yeah, that's what it was. That's absolutely, yeah. And uh, and that's gone. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Now it's just competitiveness, like you should have, like mm -hmm. you can have. Mm -hmm. You got to be. You're a man, <laughs> or or woman. You want to win. It's in our DNA. Uh, he wants to win. It's genetics. You can't fight it. That's right. Why? Why would you? As Bob Daly's up. Uh, but he does it, he uses it in such the right way now. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Don Jarvis, one of my favorite people in vintage baseball, and I don't even know if he knows that. So I just want to say it loud publicly. Thank you for being on the show. As Bob Daly, one hops into center field. He's going to be out. Runners are running. There's yeah. going to be a tag at second base. Is he out or safe? What's the call? Well, he's out. I don't know what they're going to call him. three outs. <laughs> as, uh, as Rudy leaves. Uh, that was big. That was a big, big play. One to one here after four innings. Let me tell you what happened on the play. Uh, Bob Daly hits a ball into right field. It's caught on the bounce. That's the out. That's the second out. Runners are running on the play because they know it's going to be caught on a bounce. So they can run. Uh, but the throw got to second in time to get Brad, and uh, that's going to bring the inning to an end. Now, it's a game of inches. I tell you, if he gets if he gets in before the throw, that's a huge play to get runners over to second and third and to take away the force. A huge play. I do not think that was a mistake. It was uh, a heads-up play on the bases. It just was a good play. That's going to bring up Scott Hamblin here on the top of the fifth inning. So uh, back to John Jarvis. Have we talked about Don Jarvis enough? But uh, uh, if he listens to this, I just hope he knows that uh, he's been a great help for me to come to this event. Uh, he's one of my favorite people in vintage baseball, as I really enjoy the gentlemen that are highly competitive uh, but fine gentlemen, and he has found, he has found that balance perfectly. And uh, kudos to him. And now that he's one of the 17 managers in charge of the Akron Blackstockings, I expect big things out of the Blackstockings. They have, uh, you know, they have ideas. They have, I don't know of a more sponsored club than the Akron Blackstockings. So kudos to the current hitter, Scott Hamblin, for for all the work he's done on that uh, over the years, uh, so highly sponsored. I dare you to find a more sponsored club than the Akron Blackstockings. 
And uh, and I dare you to have a better venue than this, too. One hopper to the third baseman right under his fingers into left field. That's going to be a base hit for Mr. Hamlin. Akron has something cooking here in the fifth when it's so hard to score in this game. Every run is going to be important. And that's going to bring up Rob. I believe Rob was the first baseman who caught that throw by Scott Hamblin on the one hand with the left hand. On the, it was great. And there's a, a a bounce out into center field, right center field, but the center fielder is going to come over, make the play, and that's going to be one out. With DB coming up with the runner on first base, uh, no, Scott Hamblin actually made his second on that play because he saw it was going to bounce. And there's a bounce back uh, foul ball over the tent. Third one over the tent, one on the tent. Nobody's keeping score of that. As uh, Scott Hamlin on second base, one out here. The ball comes in from the Canton Corn Checkers match. And Trevor Gagola, who's taking place in the Gingerly Gentleman contest, who was the 2022 winner of the uh Vintage ballist uh, competition we had in Frankenmuth. There's a ball into right field. It's going to hit a tree. It's going to bounce away. We got people running all over the place. Scott Hamlin's going to score easily. The ball's going to come into Frias at the pitcher's area. It's going to be a double for DB. And that's an important run. Every run at this point is so important. It's going to bring up Billy. There's a pitch. <laughs> I haven't necessarily been following this bell on the pitch thing, but when I remember, there's a pounder into the ground. That's a fair ball. It's going to be, oh, it's going to be bobbled, robbled, and stobbled by Mr. Wyckoff at third base, and that's going to result in Billy taking his first, DB staying at second. There's one out, and that's going to bring up Chase. Uh, Chase now in his second at bat, so he's no longer thinking about the stress of doing the event. He's fully invested in this at bat. I'm not saying he's going to do anything with it, but the stress has probably gone a little bit. And there's a high fly ball in the center field over the sun, over the left fielder's head, off his hand. That's going to score a run, and Billy's going to stop at second. Chase is going to stop his first. Another big run for Akron, and that's going to make it 3-1 to one Akron with Justin coming up with first and second runners out there in the area of the base. Ooh. Like I said, Rudy Frias on the mound for the Columbus Capitals today. There's a pop-up to the catcher. Catcher's going to wait for the bounce, and it's going to bounce the opposite direction as he was expecting. There was no English on that. There was no English on that foul ball. Usually, you count on English, and you set yourself up accordingly. It was nothing. It was, it was almost, almost knucklish. There's a bounce off the plate, and Billy's going to take his third. With Chase taking a second, taking the force away from the Columbus Capitals as the pitch that came in from Frias hit the very 
front of the home play area. There's a line drive into left field. That's going to score a run. Chase is going to take his third. And Justin is going to take his first. Chase has decided to come in and try to score. He got him if he touched him. Billy is safe at home. I was waiting for the the call on it. Chase was thrown out at home trying to score on that. It, so it was a fine play by Chasen to make the tag on that. And Justin made a second while all that nonsense was going on. So you got three runs in, two outs. There's a pop-up to center field. Uh, shortstop's going to run out there. Kobe Dottie's going to collect that out for the third out, bringing this inning to an end. But let me tell you what, that's three big runs. If Columbus doesn't do something here quick, they're in big trouble because there's not going to be a lot more runs scored in this game. We're at the 45-minute mark. What is the time limit for these matches, Rudy? The time limit is one hour and 15 minutes. He's giving me and sat down and talked like he'd been sitting there the whole time. You didn't have to collect a breath. You didn't have to do nothing. <laughs> it's perfect. Uh, so we still got 30 minutes, but those were three big runs. Can you talk? Uh, you just lost the game, Rudy. It's over. It's I mean, over, you think? No, I don't. Oh. But runs are so – you're going to need help. Yeah, oh, yeah. We got to produce – we got to get – we got to stop leaving people on bases. We got to move you, people around. Well, you got to get people on base, but you're also going to need some help to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like I said, we have the Orange Slice Moonshine. With cranberry. How are you finding it with the cranberry, honey? Yeah, she she likes it. Oh, uh, Got to thank my wife, Amy, for making the trip. Sometimes she makes the trips and sometimes she doesn't. Uh, this is our second time to Akron as uh, I played my last season of vintage baseball at the Columbus Capitals. And it was a glorious season. And I played here and I played damn well that weekend. In fact, that's the last time I can say I actually played damn well. <laughs> you did. I would back you up on that statement. There's video footage of me playing well. Bob Daly, one bouncer to left fielder. That's going to record note. Bob's playing great defense today, though, by the way, Rudy. He is. He is. He had us all fooled out there saying that he couldn't see the ball and played it right off the hop right in front of him. So some of you might be wondering, why is Bob batting if he batted in the last inning? It's because the person who actually made the last out was the person before him in the batting lineup. So, therefore, 1864 rules. Whoever makes the last out, whoever follows them, no matter the circumstance, long fly ball in the left field by Kobe Doughty, it's going to be caught on a fly out there like a man. He caught it like a man with his hands. 115. And uh, 315. I don't remember what I was saying. But anyway, he caught it. <laughs> I'm trying to recuperate what I was saying. Here's the, the newcomer to the Capitals. Uh, and one hop in between, in by the second baseman in the center, right center field. That's going to be a base hit. I see a lot of potential right there with Jacob the newbie on the Capitals. Two outs, runner on first. That's going to bring up the last person in the batting order. Gentleman Joe, whatever his last name is. I was going to go with Jakovich. Looks like a Jagovich. Is that even a name? I've never heard it. You made it a name. It's a, it's a name. Talking to the microphone, Rudy, you're a professional. You made it a name. It is a name. 
Gentleman Joe Jensen. Two outs. Run around first. Rudy, what were we talking about? Uh, we, I don't remember what we were talking about. <laughs> I don't either. Could have been that important. Anyway. So throw down to first uh, by Mr. Jarvis, trying to catch the youngster and the newbie napping, which uh, just shows Mr. Jarvis's competitive spirit. And uh, you always have to be paying attention against against these clubs that know baseball. Like I said millions of times, baseball is a chess match. It is. There's things going on all the time. You might not see it. You might sit there and say, oh. Baseball's so boring. There's something going on. You know how, like, good detectives always say, there's something going on? Yeah, yeah. In baseball, always something going on. Lots of pitches have went by without that bell. There's a grounder into the into the to the shortstop. He's going to throw over to second. That's not going to be in time. He's going to be safe at second. Bang, bang, play, as they say. But he's safe. First and second, two outs for the Capitals. Back up to the top of the lineup. I just lost Rudy Frias. He wasn't talking anyway uh, to get up there to do his his hit. Now, I don't know. Let's see. Fair foul strategy with first and second. Like I said, we don't talk about when he decides. You'd have to go back and look at previous episodes to see if he actually talks about what determines. I think you know what bothers me because I'm going to tell you the truth. It bothers me. This fair foul stuff, I don't like it. But what bothers me the most when Rudy does it is Rudy is a great hitter. Line drive into the left field. It's going to one-hop the left fielder. He's going to misplay it. He had it in his hand, but it was a little high. Uh, so safe at second. They almost they almost get Joe uh, coming off of second too far. That's going to be a single for Rudy Frias. It's going to score a run for Columbus, which is hit. Two outs. First and second. I was going to bring up Mr. Wyckoff, who had a good swing earlier. And they need another good swing right now. Uh, but he's such a good hitter, and that's why it drives me crazy. The guy can hit to all fields, and uh, he does the fair foul. It drives me crazy. 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 He can get a hit every time he's up if he wants, and he does that. Mr. Wyckoff. Waiting on a couple pitches. And uh, Mr. Wyckoff waiting on another pitch. There he went down and got it, and he took it into center field. It's going to ground through. It's going to load the bases, but Gentleman Joe is going to round third. Here comes a throw into the plate. Don Jarvis is going to collect the throw and put the tag on. Huge play. Huge play. That's going to record a third out by Joe, and Rudy Frias is going to lead off the next inning. They put one run across, but it was a great throw into the catcher, and Don Jarvis collects the, the throw. And puts the tag on immediately. Keeping Columbus from getting closer in this match where runs are hard to come by. It's 4-2 to two after five innings. It's the play of the day.
here we go. Well, this must be the last the last batter for Akron because he comes up with swinging that bat around in a circle with this modern modern batting stance, with this modern swinging of the bat with this. I hate this bullshit. I got to tell you. It's another pitch. I assume a guy with, that comes up with this kind of swagger to the plate is going to just take a bunch of pitches and just allow me to take a lot of bites of melon as he uh, waits for all these pitches. There's a pop-up to the first baseman. Uh, it's going to be a foul ball. Rudy Frias tried to catch it. I, there's leaves coming down, so it definitely hit the tree. Hard, hard, hard play to make. That's going to allow Jacob to continue his at-bat. Here we go. 17 bat circulation motions later. We're going to take some more pitches. You ever get the feeling you know who the guys are fresh off the softball field? Yeah. There's a pop-up to the third baseman. Mr. Wyckoff's going to come in and take it off a of bounce and record the out. Recording the first out. Sorry for the noises of me eating some melon. I knew I had a lot of time during that at bat, and I did. Here's Dom, leadoff hitter for the Akron Black Stockings. There's a pop-up straight back. I don't think the catcher's going to get to that one. Right next to us are the fine girls from the... Uh, you love to see a vintage baseball club whose wives and girlfriends and... Uh, girlfriends and or wives all get involved there's another foul ball by dom straight back off of the tent i was just talking about they got hot dogs over there they got chips uh and there's a lot of akron black stockings uh merch over there i uh i am gonna buy some of that swag over there and there's dom Ka rushed is this kind of the mightiest striker let me tell you what, Honey Badger don't give a crap. Honey Badger just went out in left center field, dove backwards, caught that ball in the gap. A finer defensive play you are not going to see. Except for when Don Jarvis took that took that to her home and tagged at third base. That was a more important play, but that is a fine play out there in left center field. That's going to bring up Eric with two outs here for Akron. Up four to two, top of the sixth inning. I wonder if my wife has seen the swag over there at the Akron Black Stockings. There is a right straight up in the middle. It's going to be a base hit in the center field by Eric. Ball comes back in. He's going to stay his first. That's going to bring up Keith. Mm -hmm. 
in a fantastic match. What a pleasure to call this match. Swing and a miss off the knee of the catcher. That's going to allow the runner to move up to second. Eric makes a second right off the knee, I think. Straight back to the pitcher it was headed. And uh, allowing the runner to move up. There's Keith hitting a high fly ball in the center field. It's going to be surrounded. It's going to be held. And that's going to be a third out of the inning. Uh, so the hit by Eric does not come back and haunt the Columbus Capitals. They whitewash 4-2 to after five and a half innings. As we hit the 56-minute uh, mark, here comes Scott Hamblin of the Akron Blackstockings. Hey, Scott, how does it feel to not have to deal with the stress of putting events together anymore? Fantastic. <laughs> Oh, just to concentrate on going out there and playing baseball again. When's the last time you were able to just worry about playing baseball? Uh, 11 years ago. Oh, my God. Having the time of your damn life. Has anybody asked you, uh, come up to you to ask you things, and you're just like, no, I need you to go away and talk to one of the 17 managers. I'm not one of them. Yep, I go, I, I'm not a captain anymore, so I need to talk to one of them. Do you laugh when you say it? Uh, a little bit. <laughs> there, there's definitely a smirk on my face when I say it. Rudy Frias here. Well, Scott sat down in the chair, so now he's got to do color analyst uh, of this half inning. Rudy Frias, the fair foul uh, over into the next field. That one was foul, but much closer than the terrible attempts he did earlier. A, a purist would think that uh, a real man would actually try to hit the ball instead of doing the fair foul every time they come up to the plate. So We've talked about this the entire game, Scott, um, <laughs> especially one that can hit as well as Rudy Frias. Exactly. I don't think you even have to be a purist. What is that? Now he's just trying to hit people. Leave the people on the other field alone. Two blown fair foul attempts. Here's a bell for that. And then he grounds to the center, uh, shortstop. Throw over to first base. They're going to get him by a step and a half. Now, if he swung like that all the time, I'd almost understand why he did fair fall, but that's not how he swings most of the time. That brings up Mr. Wyckoff of the Capitals with one out. It's a close match we got here, Scott. Is this not fun to play in a match like this? Oh, it absolutely is, especially when the battle for Ohio trophies on the line. All kinds of stuff on the line. Wyckoff line drive to the left field, but that's going to bounce. Oh, it's going to short hop the left fielder. I think he was indecisive of whether he was going to come in for that bounce or wait for that second bounce to come to him and just be happy. He was never happy with what he did, and the result would show that. Mr. Wyckoff takes his first. I was going to bring up Jason for the Columbus Capitals, who made a fantastic catch in left center field last inning. Did you see that? I did see that. That was uh, probably the second best defensive play of the game. First, first is when Don Jarvis took that ball at, at home and uh, was able to snag the throw and make the tag and a very important time in this match, stopping the Columbus Capitals rally. Do you even pay attention to the rallies anymore, Scott? 
But it's a great match. You know, I got to tell you, I have a long history of the matches I call play-by-play of being complete blowouts. So I'm having the time of my life right now. As a honey badger, don't care. He's up right now. Run around first. One out for the Capitals. Throw over to first base to keep Mr. Wycuff honest. That does not prove to be fruitful. As we're going to come back and uh, throw more pitches. The honey badger. We got a ball coming over from the uh, other field. The Alliance crossing rails catcher uh, was not able to make the play as the ball was in the tree, making it a very difficult play to make. Here's another pitch there from the honey badger. Left-hander, wrong-hander. They got him. They are playing him rather deep in right field, and they do have center field shaded over to right center field. Left fielder is maybe, is that in, Scott, or is that normal depth? I would say it's normal depth. And uh, a huge gap in left center field, which the Honey Badger can hit. But the scouting report Akron has on the Honey Badger is much more accurate than anything I would have. So this is what they've gone with. And uh, let's see what the Honey Badger does. He grounds on first. Uh, second baseman actually comes up with it and makes he bobbled it 17 times and <laughs> uh, honey badger makes his first that's gonna be first and second there's a huge play in a game that's a two-run spread right there with Ian Frias coming up we could see a lot of people running on this except Ian <laughs> we could see a two-run single with runners on first and second. As we got Copper uh, for Canton uh, coming into view, and I believe he has Wayne Cleats on, so that's going to cause a problem. Uh, Ian hits a grounder straight up the middle. Is it going to make it into center field? Chase is going to knock it down. He's not going to be able to make a play, though. So he probably saved a run. It's one of those plays that you're knocking it down. It wasn't hit all that hard, just in the perfect spot. Base is loaded for the Capitals. That's going to bring up Chasen. Another base is loaded opportunity for the Capitals in this game. Let's see if they come through. Uh, but he did knock it down, saving a run. Uh, but there's no stat for that. So, sorry. There's a long fly ball left field. He's going to attempt to catch it on the, on the, on the fly. He does. Here comes the runner. Tags. He would have been out by a country mile if that ball was caught at home. But there's going to be an error, and that's going to go way past the catcher into the uh, the the driveway. the The path for the cars to come in. It's it it, it was chaos, utter chaos. As Columbus just plates two runs on an a bounce over the catcher's head on a play at third that Mr. Wyckoff would have been out by six steps if that ball was caught by the catcher. Tying this game at 4-4. Four to four. Bringing up... Uh, bringing up Brad.
I believe that was Chasen's second out. The second out of the inning was recorded on that play. So Brad Greiley is going to come up here with two outs. Runner on third. Big, big run on third base right now. No, I didn't mean because it's Ian Frias. I just mean it's tied up at four. We're an hour and five minutes into this match. This is a huge run. Brad hits it over to right field. Center field. Second fielder is going to bobble. It's going to go into right field. That's going to score the run. Brad Grayley is going to be safe at first base. Ian Freya scores the run like lightning from third base. Three runs in for the Capitals this inning. They're going to take a 5-4 to four lead. What a great game. This is the time where people shake their heads yes or shake their heads no. Bob Daly with a runner on first. Momentum on the side of the Capitals. Battle for the Ohio plaque at stake. Bob Daly hits a slow grounder shortstop. There's going to be a throw over to second base for the force. That is not only going to force Brad Grayley at second base, but it's also going to bring up Bob Daly to lead off the next inning. So that should not be overshadowed as 1864 baseball rules prevail. And Bob Daly will lead off the next inning for the Columbus Capitals. Capitals put across three. They take the lead five to four in this first round Akron Cup tournament challenge match for the Battle of Ohio Championship. Every at bat counts. Every mistake will matter. Errors and catches and throws and plays. Tell me this is not going to be the best match of the weekend already. You knew it on the first pitch of the game, didn't you? Go back to the first pitch of the game. The leadoff hitter, Dom, of the Akron Blackstockings, came up to the plate on the first pitch and hit a home run into the right center field gap where they weren't even close to getting him. They did not even get to that ball until it was already around third base. Don Jarvis is leading off for the Akron Black Sox. It's a well-hit ball in center field. Don is going to take one. He's going to head to second. Here comes the throw by the Honey Badger, and it's going to get by the second baseman. But Ian Frias is backing up. He's going to eventually bring that in. And Don Jarvis. Lead off double. Huge. That's Mr. Jarvis' first hit in this ballgame. It's going to bring up Scott Hamblin. Oh, he went after a high one. He went after a high one right in front of me. Right in front of me. It did not hit the tent. I was told when I got this tent it would withstand four hits of a vintage baseball, a Hanford baseball, and it hit once. I don't know if this is a Hanford baseball, though. There's a ball hit into left field by Scott Hamblin. It's going to get down. Don Jarvis is going to score. Mr. Hamlin is going to stay at first. That's going to tie this ball game. Do you see the damage Scott Hamlin can do when he has no pressure on his shoulders and he can just go out there and play baseball? It's amazing it's going to bring up Rob. Scott Hamlin on first base. Five to five. It does not get better than this. There's a swing and a miss. We are one hour and seven minutes into this. Sky Hamlin's going to try to take a second. There was a misplay by the catcher, a slight misplay by the catcher. Mr. Hamlin takes his second. Runner on second, no outs. Right here for Rob. 
as we have a tie game, five to five in the seventh inning, top of the seventh. There's a hit in right field. Right fielder's going to take it on a hop. Mr. Hamlin's going to take his third, though, as in 1864 rules. You do not have to stop because the ball's going to be caught on one bounce. So Mr. Hamlin takes his third on a heads-up base running play. It was a well-hit ball, but it was taken in by the right fielder, and that's one out with a man on third, and that's going to bring up DB of the Akron Blackstockings, uh, who's been on base both times. He's been up today. Every at-bat becomes important at this point. I would expect you see more pitches being taken. Uh, I would say, especially by the Capitals in the bottom of the inning, but that's just, that's a prediction, not a spoiler. There's a hit by DB to the second baseman. He's going to get in front of it and knock it down. He's not going to be able to get over to the first baseman in time. Scott Hamlin is going to make his home. DB takes his first, and that is going to be Akron reclaiming the lead 6-5 to five here on the top of the seventh inning. Billy's going to come up with the man on first with one out. And there's a, another uh, misplay by the catcher, a throw down to second, not going to be in time as DB takes the base on the misplay by the catcher. So Billy's got somebody uh, within scoring distance here. Billy hits it to center field. It's going to fall in for a hit. DB is going to round third base. He's going to score. And Billy brings in a run. Three runs in now by Akron. What a, what an answer. What an answer by the Black Stockings. As Chase is now up. There's a pound into the ground to the third baseman. There's going to be a throw over to second base for a force play. Uh, it's going to be mishandled. There's going to be no out recorded as Billy takes a second and Chase takes his first. One out with Justin coming back up. One for two today for Justin. I know that's not uh, historically accurate. Swing and a miss, uh, but that is going to move the runners up a base. So we got second to third, one out. Three runs in for Akron. I don't think you'd say one for two. I would tell you he's made an out. And he's uh, got one hit. And there's a pop-up on a lazy swing to the third baseman. A second out recorded of the inning for Justin. That's going to bring up Dave with two men on at second and third. Three runs in right now as we are an hour and 11 minutes into this game. I have to believe the bottom of the seventh is going to conclude this baseball game. Columbus needs to keep this where it's at right now. 
Seven to five is what we got right now, and there's a a pop-up into the other field. Mr. Wycuff is going to go over there and try to corral the foul ball. He does not he does not successfully come up with that foul ball as uh, Dave is going to get another opportunity. What we have right now is a seven to five score. Three runs in this inning for Akron. There's another pop-up down the left field line. The left fielder is not going to be able to get over to it. Left fielder is playing in. We have the center fielder a little bit shaded over to right field, not a lot. In fact, it's probably my angle. He's probably straight away, but he's way too far over because you got the left fielder playing a deep shortstop. Center fielder has to come a long way to get that bounce. He gets it. And that's going to bring the end of the inning. It's going to be three runs in for Akron. That is seven to five. Going into the bottom of the seventh, and now we're in 13 minutes into the game. This is going to be the game. Bottom of the seventh, Columbus needs two to tie, three to take the win. Mr. Daly is going to lead off. I got Kobe. They got Kobe Doughty coming up to, to lead off the inning. So either I'm wrong or they are wrong. Somebody's wrong, but I do believe Brad made the last out of the inning. Kobe, foul ball down the third baseline. Can you call can you call Rudy over here? He's right there. He's right there on the bench. Left field, base hit. Base hit by Kobe. And we're back here with Paco Jacob. Okay. Jacob, left field, foul ball down the left field line. Kobe Doughty at first base. I uh, I looked into it just now to find out that I, I'm incorrect in my scoring. It happens. Jacob, base it in the center field. That's going to make it first and second. Oh, it gets by the center fielder. Dowdy's going to make his third. Jacob's going to make his second. There's some speed there. There's some speed there. 
second and third for uh, Gentleman Joe. Columbus Capitals down by two rounds, seven to five. There's a ball that's going to get by the catcher and a bounce over his head, but no one's going to advance. There's your there's your there's your bell. Your bell. Here comes the pitch. This is a very important at bat. Wouldn't be a surprise if you hear this bell quite a bit. As the pitches go by. Billy, a fast worker out there on the pitcher stripe. So these bells, they're actually timed correctly, just in case you think these pitches are coming too fast. Let's, uh, let's see what happens here. A little more of that. How about a little of this? There's a hit into Scott Hamblin's stomach. He's going to get up and throw over to first base. Another on the money throw by Mr. Hamblin to first base. What a huge play. First out of the inning. Runners on second and third. Back to the top of the lineup for the Columbus Capitals. Goof-off time is over. I'm leaving Rudy Frias alone on this. There's an attempted attempted fair foul, but he got some English on that ball. And that ball almost hit the ground and bounced back to the catcher. It was only a, a fair foul. Oh. Turns on, it's just a pitch. can see more pitches being taken it's very important a long single here fair fall that's a fair ball that's going to play a run Jacob I don't know Jacob the newbie ran around third thought he touched the wrong base because third base and first base are so close to each other he got confused Ran back to third base and still scored. Rudy Frias with a fair foul single, tying the baseball game. Rudy Frias finds himself at second base. Mr. Wyckoff up. We now have a tie ball game. We have one out with Rudy Frias on second base. If this run scores, this game is over. What will they do if it's tied? I don't know the rules of uh, the tournament that way because they have exceeded the time limit. Mr. Wyckoff. Oh, I, I should have been hitting that the whole time because that was the third pitch. Fourth pitch down the right field line. That's way foul. I don't think anybody's going to get to it. As uh, it was way foul. Oh, orange slice moonshine. It's a beautiful thing. 
as Mr. Wyckoff takes another pitch. There's a hit into right field. That's going to bounce. I believe the right fielder is going to come up with it. It's going to be an out. Rudy Freya stumbles around third base. The ball is coming in. He's going to win the game. Mike Wyckoff on a one-hopper to the right fielder. Rudy Frias comes around third base. He stumbles, making that a closer play at home than it was going to be. And he still scores. Columbus Capitals, not only do they take an 8-7 to victory in the first round of the Akron Cup here in 2023, but they also win the Battle for Ohio Championship plaque, uh, a trophy that is passed by team to team when they play each other in Ohio. It is a big deal in Ohio. And uh, what a fantastic match. One match you hate to lose, one match you love to win. Listen to this. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the Black Akron Blackstockings and all of the teams here today, I didn't get a chance to do it before the first match, but first and foremost, welcome one and all of you to Stan Hewitt for the something more than 10th Akron Cup annually. We hope you all have a great day today. Lots of baseball to be played. Pick and choose whatever game you like. There's three going, two more, uh, two more slots coming up here at 12.30 and then 2 p.m. We also have a fantastic competition after that will be the mightiest striker for gingerly gentlemen to see who is the mightiest of the mighty hitters today, as well as the fastest guy that can run to the cafe and get us all a beer at the end. Now to this match, the Columbus Capitals formerly challenged us for the Battle for Ohio Trophy. And unfortunately for us, we fell just a single run short. So again, on behalf of the Blackstockings, we'd like to congratulate the new Battle for Ohio champions, the Columbus Capitals. To our umpire, sir, thank you for a finely called match. And to the Capitals. And to the Capitals. Always a pleasure to play, gentlemen. What a match for the end in the bottom of the seventh. Black Stockings, three cheers for the Columbus Capitals, the 2023 Battle for Ohio Champions. Hey, Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the capital city, I cannot thank you enough for joining us at this glorious field to watch the beautiful game of baseball. On behalf of my club, I would first like to thank the Arbiter for a fine called match. Thank you very much, sir. More importantly, 25 summers ago, the Columbus Capitals started their season, and that tour included a trip to Stan Hewitt Hall to play our friends, the Akron Blackstockings. Anytime we get to take the field with these gentlemen, we consider it an honor and a privilege. And though we may have pushed the schedule back for today's matches with the length of our game, I can guarantee you, you will not see another match today played by such a handsome set of clubs. You will not see a match today played with such clockwork defense or steam-powered striking. Capitals, three cheers. For our friends, the Akron Blackstockings, 
And there you have it. Day one, game one, Akron Black Stocking 7, Columbus Capitals 8 in a game for the ages.